and welcome into our Sunday preview of Wild Card Weekend. Frank Sample joined, as always, by Mike McClure, no Sian Ajad, but don't worry, he will be back next week. And how we doing, Mike? You got big plans for the Chiefs game this Sunday night? Big plans for the Chiefs game, hopefully involving a Kansas City victory. Um, feeling pretty good. Mainly, I've got a, obviously, huge Chiefs fan. Have a futures ticket on them to win the AFC. I also have a Titans futures ticket. So we've got the top two seeds. Both teams, in theory, get a buy in the first round here as we get Big Ben. But uh, obviously, we still have to go out and win the game. But very excited for it. All right. Yeah, you should be. As a Jet fan, I mean, I don't know how that feels. It's been a long time. I think they have... Probably the longest active playoff drought in the NFL. I, I would say that that sounds about right. Um, I'll look that up. But anyway, I wanted to ask you more about this Sunday night game and more so from just a team-building perspective for DFS. How do you handle a slate where we have a game that starts at 1 p.m. Eastern time and then we also have a night game? It obviously brings many late-swap opportunities, but just ways to be, I think, different and uh, just many different combinations and things that you could do when we have three games that are kind of spaced out that far. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do, obviously starting with quarterbacks. Um, you know, typically when we have games spaced out like this, we see some increased ownership uh, on players in the earlier game, just because people generally like to sweat the games. They have the earlier players in lineups. Uh, as far as how it impacts late swap strategy, I think the number one thing on this slate, like we're projecting, I'm projecting one player to be significantly higher owned than any other player on the slate. And that's going to be Leonard Fournette. Returning from injury, he's only 5,600. He is a true free square on this slate. However, if you want to take the stance on fading him and it doesn't go well for him or it's not going well for him for, it looks like with the time of the games, that game should be over and we should have a 10 to 30 minute window before the next one, before the next one locks. So it's not going to be a scenario unless we have delays, overtime, things like that, or drastically slow pace of play um, where you don't know ahead of time. So if you want to take the stance on fading Leonard Fournette, for example, you can do a lot of different things because one, you'll have the piece of information of how popular he is. Two, you get to see where his score is. You can do some wild things with late swap. Uh, if Fournette, who I'm projecting to be 65% owned, <sighs> if he does not get anywhere close to his median projection, doesn't exceed it, you can do some really fun things and then feel free to drop down to a, another running back, right? So at 5,600, that means you could all of a sudden drop down to Clyde Edwards-Elair or Daryl Williams, who, you know, their statuses are both not really up in the air. They're probably both going to be active and end up playing in this game. Neither one of them on paper is as strong a play as Leonard Fournette, but you can very easily now take the chance on fading Leonard Fournette, plug one of those guys in who are likely to match Fournette if Fournette doesn't have the game that he's supposed to have, and all of a sudden you're getting just a little bit different elsewhere. Um, so I think there's a lot of really interesting opportunities. Um, and then on the other side of that, if you see Fournette doesn't play well, you can jam in one of the more expensive running backs. And by more expensive, it's Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, or Najee Harris. But both of those guys are not going to be as popular uh, as Leonard Fournette. So there are some very interesting angles to get different if you're willing to take the chance. Yeah, definitely uh, something you could look at doing here in GPPs this upcoming week if you're trying to find a way, again, to be different is uh, fading Leonard Fournette. If you're playing cash games, probably want that guy in your lineup based on the uh, point per dollar value that he offers as of now. 
I just looked it up. The yeah, the Jets have the longest active playoff drought in football. Eleven years. The Denver Broncos are at six. The New York Giants are at five. It's it's been a rough uh, rough couple of years here in in the Northeast for <laughs> for football. Unless of course you're a Patriots fan. Anyway, let's get into this first game of the day. The Eagles are at the Bucks. The Bucks are eight and a half point favorites with a 46 point total. The Bucks won this game back in Week Six, 28 to 22 was the final score. The weather here uh, should be fine in terms of you know heat, 69 degrees, but 17 mile per hour winds and expected rain showers. I saw an update. Earlier, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, that the rain and thunderstorms could kind of be wrapping up by the time this game is getting ready to start. But just keep in mind, there's there's a real chance the field is going to be wet, and there's a real chance that you know the ga- the guys are playing through rain in this spot. So uh, just keep that in mind. For the Eagles, Miles Sanders and offensive lineman Andre Dillard were limited in practice. Jalen Hurts, a full participant in practice, dealing with that ankle injury. For Tampa Bay, Mike Evans. Rashad Perryman, Sean Murphy Bunting, Shaq Barrett, all limited at practice. Leonard Fournette and Levante David had their 21-day practice windows opened, and they both practiced on Thursday. Ronald Jones and Cyril Grayson are doubtful for this game. Mike, are you looking to stack Tom Brady and the Bucs side of things here? They have the third highest implied team total on the slate. 27 points just behind the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady is the second highest priced quarterback on the slate. And of course he comes with a lot of firepower. Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. We have some cheaper options with Tyler Johnson, who's 4k on the slate. What do you think about stacking the Tampa Bay bucks? Yeah, I think it's interesting. So there's one thing that, well, there's a couple things. One thing that's really working in your favor is that price point. And what I mean by that is it's going to drastically reduce his ownership, right? So not a lot of people at first glance are really probably even going to play Patrick Mahomes against the Steelers for the same price, basically. He's $500 more than Dak. Um, I I just don't think a lot of people are going to get there. You also, it's the first game, right? So you don't, you know, you're, you know where you're going to be after that first game. You can start to make some late swap decisions based on that as well. Um, so yeah, I have some interest in it. It's going to be one of those scenarios though, where you're going to have to play him with Leonard Fournette, uh, at 5,600, you pretty much have to play him there. Uh, my next option, uh, I think that if you're playing him, I think it's Rob Gronkowski. Um, you know, if you look at the slate, you could just tell that the most loaded position on the slate is tight end. Uh, you've got George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard on this slate. Uh, even Fryermuth for the, the Steelers. Like, there are a number of tight ends on the slate. Gronkowski's right there in that middle ground, kind of a no man's land in terms of salary, up to 6400 Like, that's less than it's not even a thousand dollars it's only nine hundred dollar difference from someone like tyree kill right so it's kind of crazy on that middling salary um i'll be stacking him but i'm not going to triple stack and i'm not going to go all the way to play evans personally i'm going to go tom brady leonard fournette rob gronkowski maybe the double tight end bring back with dallas goddard um but yeah short answer long answer i'm playing tom brady in one of my lineups uh but because of the price points i think you have to pair him with leonard fournette so yeah, and I love it too. I love both of those callouts, stacking Tom Brady with Leonard Fournette and Gronk. We know Brady targets his running back at, at one of the highest rates in the NFL. And then for Gronk, you know, the price is a little bit high at 6400 but it's a fantastic matchup. The Eagles have struggled all season against tight ends, and Gronk's targets have just been unreal recently. I mean, he returned eight weeks ago. He has eight-plus targets in seven of those games. 
He has double-digit targets in three of his last four. He's gone over 100 yards in back-to-back games. And this is typically the time of the year where Gronk shines. I mean, remember the Super Bowl last year? He came out, he had a a monster game in that one as well. So I love the call-out on uh, Brady to Gronk in this spot. Uh, What do you think about those cheaper options? Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perryman, they're both below 5K here. Any interest in those guys? I think it's okay. Um, Just considering the weather uh, in this game, considering having Leonard Fournette back, Gronk is there, just the the way I project them to play. uh, I think it's okay if you want to take a shot on one of them, but I, I think that there are better options personally. So, you know, if you really want to take a gamble on that side, obviously we're a few days out here. We have a lot of information to gather, but one call out that could be super interesting is Gio Bernard. If he is truly going to play in this game, he's been just like uh, Fournette. He's been designated to return from injured reserve. Um, he's someone that we know will be used if they're in like a two minute drill and a hurry up situation. If they're not able to throw the ball down the field, whether it's Mike Evans, hamstring injury pops up, they're not having success there, or the weather limits them, I could see a really strange scenario where you end up playing Bernard Fournette and Tom Brady together. Um, Just wildly different, right? But the $4,000 price tag on Bernard would allow you to do some more interesting things and certainly have a very different build. You just need to really watch these practice reports and see um, what it looks like if he's truly going to be active and out there. Because if he is, I, I'm pretty confident that they're going to use him uh, in some of those passing down situations. Because keep in mind, Leonard Fournette is coming off the injured reserve, and he, he's got issues too in terms of the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be the massive, massive Lenny Fournette workload that we've seen before. All right, so Gio Bernard, I would say if you're looking at something that different, you're probably trying to do it in a bigger field contest where you're, you're trying to just obviously, again, get different there. If we're talking about those cheaper wide receivers, it's Tyler Johnson for me, and he's 4K. He played 87% of the snaps last week, and 24 of his 35 routes came from the slot. So that's a pretty desirable spot to be on the field, especially when Tom Brady is your quarterback. Should have Evans on one side, Perryman on the other, and then Tyler Johnson there in the slot. We mentioned Leonard Fournette. We do like quite a bit at his price tag, 5600 Pay attention to the practice report. Make sure that he's healthy, You know, ready to, to see a, probably not a full workload, but something close to that in this spot. He scored two touchdowns in their earlier meeting with the Eagles back in in week six it was uh, on the Eagles side of things Mike are we looking at anything here we have Jalen Hurts 6100 he scored two rushing touchdowns in that earlier meeting against the Bucks. then we have Devontae Smith at 5400 Dallas Goddard at 4400 I think at their core they want to run the football but this is just really ba- a really bad matchup to do that against the Tampa Bay Bucks. and if they're playing from behind I like the concentrated targets with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard yeah, the concentrated targets are very nice. Uh, Dallas Goddard, the price point, 4400 also very nice. Um, he's going to be popular, probably the most popular tight end. Uh, I've got him around 30%. Kittle and Kelsey are somewhat close, but I think he'll end up being the most popular tight end. Uh, I think you can definitely do what we like to do sometimes is play the double tight end. So uh, Goddard's going to be there for sure. I love the call out of Smith in tournaments. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not going to be popular at all. I think he's going to be the least on quarterback on the slate. Um, I, I think people will play Big Ben before him just because of Ben's passing volume and that projected game script there. So uh, obviously price points are, are something you have to consider as well. But uh, I'm currently projecting Jalen Hurts to be the the lowest owned quarterback. So I like it. Um, 
but I'm probably not going to get the Jalen Hurts. I'm probably just going to get the exposure through Goddard and then some one-offs with Smith. I doubt that I play them both in the same lineup, though. All right, yeah. I'm definitely there with you when it comes to Devontae Smith as a contrarian play in this spot. He's been inconsistent this year, but we have seen some spike games out of him as well. And I think there's a chance that the Eagles are down, you know, two scores in this game, two touchdowns, and and they're just kind of slinging it around. And we could see some volume there for Devontae Smith. And I, I agree that dual tight end strategies should be popular in this spot, whether it's using a Dallas Goddard, a Pat Fryermuth in the flex with a Gronk, a Kittle, or a Travis Kelsey. Again, there's a lot of really, really strong tight ends on the slate. I didn't even mention Dalton Schultz. So again, like this is a slate if you want to play multiple tight ends. Uh, Dallas yeah. Goddard, since Ertz was traded, a 24% target share. I mean, that's that's used to what we're looking at for a for like an alpha wide receiver on a team. So uh, yeah, do like Dallas Goddard quite a bit here in this spot. Anything on the Eagles running backs, Mike? Uh, Miles Sanders, it looks like he's going to be back. He's only 5K, but bad matchup. And I could see, you know, all three running backs involved here. Yeah, I think all will be involved. I think Jalen Hurts will try to run the football himself as well. Um, kind of the reason why I was a little bit starting to shy away on Devin Singletary, honestly, is I think Josh Allen in these must-win spots might run the little ball a little bit more, keep the ball in his hands a little bit. I expect a little bit of the same from Hurts. Uh, having said that, Miles Sanders at the price point I think is fine. Uh, the issue with it is, is we want to play Leonard Fournette. He's such a strong play. They do have a pretty strong negative correlation, uh, which is pretty important on a three-game slate here. So I can't really, really recommend getting there unless you're willing to do something like fade Leonard Fournette. If you're willing to fade Leonard Fournette, then I think you can play uh, Miles Sanders. But I think that's the only scenario I'm getting there because, frankly, I'd rather play the Kansas City running backs than, than Sanders. All right, the Don Sneaky pick for this game is Brashad Perryman, 4,600, likely to draw the start on the outside there for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Next up, we have the 49ers at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-point favorites with a 51-point total. That's the highest of the weekend. Trent Williams and Elijah Mitchell return to practice on Thursday. Jimmy G has been limited but should be good to go. For the Cowboys, they activated Tyron Smith and Jaron Curse off of the COVID list this week. So uh, we'll we'll see. Pay attention to practice reports, see if those guys get back on the field for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, Mike, this game should be popular. It's a close spread. It's a really big total. Let's start with the Cowboys side of things. Are you looking at Dak Prescott? If so, how are you trying to stack him in this spot? Obviously, they spread the ball around quite a bit. Week 18, was the Cedric Wilson show and he was amazing and he's really cheap in this spot. So what do you think about Dak with any of CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I like him. Uh, he's going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate. Um, just the discount offered from Dak to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, plus the obvious environment. Uh, there's no, no, no weather impact in this environment at all. Um, he, he's going to be the most popular. So I like him. Uh, if I'm playing him, I'm playing him with at least one of Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Uh, I've got Amari Cooper the most projected in lineups with him. Uh, I do have scenarios where I'm going to play him and Lamb together, Cooper and Lamb together. So, which might sound funny to you because we talked about you know some of those correlations before and them being important. I value the correlation more on the, like I, I'm willing to ignore some of the negative correlation in this spot on these receivers just because of the scoring systems and the PPR things like that. 
I'm not willing to ignore it on guys like Fournette and Sanders in the same lineup just because of the positions the game scripts required. Um, so I, I do have Dak to Amari the most and then Dak to Amari and CD. Cedric Wilson works in there a little bit for me. Um, I I think that he's a little over-owned just because of that performance that he just put up. You know, we've seen a lot of big numbers in the last two games. Obviously, the competition wasn't great in the last one. Um, so I'm a little shy on Wilson, but I, I do like Dak. Um, I'll have a Dak lineup. I'm not going to have Dak in all of them. Again, we we know he's going to be the most popular player. Uh, but it, to me, it's Amari Cooper. Uh, I think that this projects as a spot where Amari Cooper has that seven catch, 75 yard, and hopefully lands in the end zone type of game. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so if you are looking to stack Dak Prescott with two of his pass catchers, two of those three wide receivers, it sounds like, if anything, you're, you're looking to go Lamb and Cooper together with Dak Prescott. Who are you bringing it back with on the other side? Are you looking to, to run it back with Elijah Mitchell? Again, this slate is kind of weird for running backs because Najee Harris is dealing with an elbow injury. Ezekiel Elliott has been bad. Let's call it for what it is. He's, he's been quite bad. Uh, and then we have Elijah Mitchell. We have Leonard Fournette, who are you know sub-6K running backs on this slate. So you're looking to bring it back with that 49ers running back or maybe a Debo Samuel or George Killed. I mean, there's just so many options in this game that you can go with. Yeah, there are so many options. Uh, you know, just following an optimizer, right? It's going to be Eli Mitchell to start. Uh, that's where a popular build's going to be. Um, you know, in tournaments, I do think that I'll probably pivot away from that just a little bit. Uh, I think, let me check one thing real quick, but I think one interesting call out here is to be um, Brandon Ayuk. I, I don't know how many people are going to end up going to Ayuk. We kind of thought that this role would decrease, right? Uh, with Kittle back, with Samuel back, with Mitchell back, like we kind of thought the opportunity would sh- kind of dry up. It really hasn't. Seven targets, six catches in the last game, six targets against him before that. Uh, the, you know, he had the five at Tennessee, landed in the end zone to salvage the box score. But like, I thought there was a scenario where we were looking at like a three target game for Brandon Ayuk. Like, I thought that might be the norm with all the guys back and healthy. And, and that really hasn't been the case. And then obviously, it looks like Garoppolo is going to be fine, ready to go. I think that Ayuk might be the interesting call out in terms of the, the bring back here if you're looking at a DAC stack. Um, if you're looking at a Dak stack, I mean, sure, it can get there from them trailing, but I, I think that if you're looking to play Dak in this scenario, it's likely that you think that they're just winning or the game's really, really competitive, not the scenario where they're deep and trailing. And if it's a scenario where they're ahead, like I project, I, I think Ayuk's going to be a great little target monster as, as Debo draws a lot of that attention. So 
I, I think Ayuk is probably my favorite tournament play on the San Francisco side. Yeah, and he's had a pretty safe floor the past five weeks, 13-plus DK points in four of those games, and he's had some pretty big games, too. I mean, six for 107 in Week 18 against the Rams, typically a tougher matchup for wide receivers. So, yeah, this is the player that people were hoping for early in the season. It took a while for him to come on. You know, he was dealing with that injury back in training camp, but... Yeah, he's, he's really come on strong here, uh, Brandon Ayuk has. He's only 5,200 on the slate. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, we just talked about him as being a natural bring back. I think he'll be popular regardless whether or not you're stacking this entire game, just given his price point and uh, the total in this spot. Elijah Mitchell is 5,700. What do you think about Ezekiel Elliott, Mike? Are we looking to uh, fade him? Again, He's <laughs> he's been quite bad. I don't, I don't know how else we need to say it. I mean, Tony Pollard is... Very clearly, I think, the best running back for the Cowboys. But, I mean, for whatever reason, I guess money, politics, whatever, uh, they continue to feed Zeke the ball. So, yeah, I mean, it's money, it's politics. It's uh, There's a lot of things working there. Um, the thing that we can't ignore is that he still gets red zone touches, right? He's going to get red zone touches. Red zone touches are gold every week, but they're especially gold on really small slates, right? <laughs> Getting the guy to touch the football in the red zone huge, huge, huge on small slates. So I like Zeke. I'll tell you where I'm going to play him though. Where I'm playing Zeke is if I'm not playing Dak and I'm not playing Amari Cooper or CD lamb, like where I want Zeke is I want, I want him in my Patrick Mahomes stack, or I want him in my Tom Brady stack, right? That's where I want to play him. I want to play him in situations where Dallas moves the football, Zeke scores the touchdown. That's the only scenario that I think it works. I don't think it's working if you have a Dak stack. I don't think it's working with a full-on onslaught Cowboys because I, I just, while it is a game that has a high total, I'm just not projecting that to be the real scenario. So yes, I like Zeke, but it's going to be in that lineup that doesn't play Z uh, Dak or his pass catchers. All right. On the other side, we talked a little bit about Brandon Ayuk and obviously Eli Mitchell. What do you think about the potential of stacking uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's really cheap. He's 5,300. And I guess that allows you to get up to some of his bigger pass catchers, Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, George Kittle. Do you like yep. um, potentially stacking the 49ers passing attack? I do. Um, so how I like stacking the 49ers is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo to Brandon Ayuk. I think you can include Eli Mitchell in there as well. But if you're going to go as far, so there, there's two scenarios, right? It's going to be, Garoppolo to Ayuk, and that's it. And then the other scenario is going to be Garoppolo, Mitchell, Ayuk, and the 49ers defense. So the reason why I want the defense in there, if Garoppolo is going to have that bigger game and we think Mitchell's going to get there, Mitchell's a play either way in terms of just the volume and the price point. But we're going to need that 49ers defense to not give up a ton of points and potentially create turnovers and short fields. Short fields are what's going to be needed for Jimmy Garoppolo to have that kind of score, in my opinion, that, that gets him there. So I think that it makes a ton of sense. I think nobody's going to want to play the 49ers on the road against Dallas in the spot when we know Amari Cooper is going to be the most popular receiver. We know that uh, Dak's going to be the most popular quarterback. Uh, I think it's a really, really interesting way to attack it and something I'm strongly considering doing at this point. Yeah, and if this game turns into a shootout too and you have the 49ers defense, then you know we get a bunch of dropbacks for Dak Prescott. He's typically done a good job of taking care of the ball, but more dropbacks obviously leads to more opportunities for sacks and, and turnovers here in this spot. The Don's sneaky pick, Jawan Jennings, someone we haven't talked about really at all here. He's coming off that massive game 
in week 18 where he scored two touchdowns, went six catches, 94 yards, uh, two touchdowns. So he is pretty cheap. He's 3,700. So if you're looking for a way to uh, save some money on the slate, potentially Juwan Jennings is a name to watch. The late game, Sunday night, and obviously the heavy hitter. We got the Steelers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites with a 46-point total, and the Chiefs won their meeting back in Week 16, 36-10 against the Steelers. Najee Harris did not practice Thursday with that elbow injury, but Mike Tomlin said he will be back at practice on Friday. Juju Smith-Schuster... Where did this come from? He practiced on Thursday and apparently has a chance to play in this game. He had shoulder surgery earlier in the season. I'm not sure that I'm actually buying that he's going to play in this spot, but he practiced, so there is a chance. We'll, we'll see what happens with Juju. For the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, did not practice Thursday. Um, I don't know if that was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, but Darrell Williams was limited. It looks like there's a chance. Both of those guys are in the lineup. Uh, and then Tyreek Hill... Dealt with the heel injury last week. Would have been nice to know before the game started, of course. Uh, but he had a full practice uh, so far this week. Mike, you are the man who is constantly stacking the Kansas City Chiefs. And are you going back to it here in the biggest spot so far of the season? I am uh, definitely going back to it in this spot. I think it's a great opportunity here. Um they get to play a home game. They're not going to mess around. They're going to go out and try and put up points. Fortunately, have a very friendly matchup to do so. So uh, I love Mahomes. Going to be playing him. I'm right back in on Tyreek Hill. Love the discount. Down to 7,300 right now. Uh, I think that's going to be a fascinating just general study to see what the market and what everyone does on Tyreek Hill. Um, at 7,300, like I'm guessing he's going to be the third or fourth highest owned receiver. I think it's going to be Cooper and Lamb at the top. And then it's going to be one of Tyreek, Deontay, and Debo, most likely, as those right in that range. Uh, my hope is that it falls down a little bit further. If you look at the box scores, it is not pretty over the last three weeks. 15 combined fantasy points in three weeks is definitely not what you're looking for when you roster Tyreek Hill. Um, however, we love the double-digit targets. I think they go right back to him a little bit. So I'll, I'll be playing him and leaving him in there. Um, yeah, but I think the most interesting opportunity is going to be at the running back spot, especially if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is truly a game-time decision and not automatically ruled in. Uh, just waiting this one out, knowing that you can plug in either one of those two running backs, if only one of them somehow plays or gets the volume, could be an absolute smash spot for them. So I, I do like the running back situation quite a bit. And then finally, uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, that is going to be fascinating as well. Just being the last game, when someone is out there building, and people use hand builds a lot more in these spots than optimizers when it's only a few games, if people are out there building a lineup and they're trying to put a tight end in their lineup, it's really hard to go play Travis Kelsey when you've got all these other options that start well before him. Uh, his ownership, while I'm projecting it to still be up there above Gronk, uh, my two favorite tight ends on the slate are going to be Gronk and, and Kelsey. Gronk in the very first game, not very attractive price point, 6,400. And then Kelsey, the last game, like you literally have to pass up Gronk, Goddard, Kittle, Schultz, like all of these guys, you have to pass up before you get to Travis Kelsey when you're building a lineup manually. So I, I don't know. I think he's going to be way too under-owned. And I think this game could still be a lot more competitive than people give it credit for. All right, Mike, are you looking to stack Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey in the same lineup? 
Or are you looking to maybe uh, separate separate those guys in different lineups where you'll do one uh, Mahomes to Hill stack and then one Mahomes to Kelsey stack? Uh, I'd be one of each. Uh, and then there is a third lineup scenario I could consider where I would actually play both Tyreek and Kelsey without Mahomes. Uh, that would be a lineup where I would play Dak um, and, and kind of have that like Dak to Amari and then Tyreek and Kelsey kind of thing. Uh, just really separate those guys out a little bit. But if I'm playing Mahomes, I, I do think that it'll end up being a one of Tyreek or Kelsey. And then the second player in the lineup would either be someone like Byron Pringle or one of the running backs. Uh, so I'd li- likely leave that running back spot empty, knowing that I could get there with late swap based on whoever's going to play for Kansas City. All right, Byron Pringle, 3,900 over on DraftKings. And, you know, we have a good amount of cheaper wide receivers on this slate. Mentioned Cedric Wilson, obviously Byron Pringle. Uh, Jawan Jennings is someone I mentioned earlier. Uh, Tyler Johnson should be on the field for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So no shortage of cheap wide receivers. Uh, in those chief stacks, Mike, who is your favorite to bring back on the Steelers side? Or are you not looking to uh, bring back any Steelers? I, like, we've said this earlier in the season where... When there's a big spread, uh, you don't necessarily have to bring it back because, again, like what happens if the Chiefs go out and win you know, 35 to 10 again? Then the Steelers didn't even really score. So uh, do you have to bring back with a Steeler in the spot? You don't have to. Um, I like to. I like it. I like Deontay Johnson, obviously. I like Ray Ray McLeod. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is the piece of news that's very unattractive right now. I don't know if he's going to play. I, I'd be kind of shocked if he did, personally, but... All the reports we're seeing, you know, it's it's not like uh, we activated and, you know, just opened that window as a formality. Like, it, it seems like they want him to play, or obviously it's good in the organization to believe you could win this game and move on, and maybe that's what they're preparing for. But uh, we, we have to monitor that, because I think it would certainly impact Ray Ray McLeod if Juju Smith-Schuster were to be activated. Um, if he's not active for this game, I, I like Deontay. I mean, I like Ray Ray a lot. Uh, 3,600, just the opportunity is going to be there. Ben's going to have to throw the football, right? I, I don't think there's much of an option in this spot. So you're guaranteeing, you know, Ben's probably going to throw the ball close to 40 times in this game. Uh, <laughs> he just is. He's going to have to. So I think there are scenarios that you can have Deontay, Ray Ray, and Najee Harris all in the lineup. All right. As Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. If he plays somehow, he's 3K. He is the minimum price on DraftKings. So uh, just keep that in mind. And when it comes to Najee Harris, you know, he's dealing with this elbow injury, Mike. Do you think that that will severely limit his workload? Because, I mean, we're used to him playing 90 plus percent of the snaps, 20 plus touches. Uh, And I think. That's probably the recipe for the Steelers here. You know, if they get the ball early, they, they probably just want to play keep away and, you know, maybe try and run the ball and, again, just keep it away from from that Chiefs offense. So what do you think about Najee Harris, 6,600? He is the highest-priced running back on the slate. I, I think he's going to be popular just because of the, the way that they've tended to use him in the passing game um, and just the overall volume, so... I think he's going to be popular. I have him as the second highest owned running back. Um, I could see it dropping and being Eli Mitchell being the second highest, but he's certainly going to want to be one of the top three. I like him. Uh, mostly a bring back scenario. Um, so mostly a Patrick Mahomes lineup where I'd be willing to deploy him. I, I don't think that I'm super interested in playing him in like the, uh, the Dak Prescott lineups, the Tom Brady lineups. Like for me, it's got to be that scenario where he, he's trailing enough because Mahomes has done enough. And that's where he's going to get there is through that 
you know, catching five balls. I think that that's going to really be needed for him to be in the optimal lineup. Last but not least, we have Ben Roethlisberger, who could be playing in his last NFL game. It sounds like for sure it'll be his last game with the Steelers. We'll see if he winds up with another team, but could be the last game uh, in the career for Big Ben. He's 5,200. He's the cheapest of the starting quarterbacks this weekend. Do you have any interest in maybe stacking the Steelers side and bringing it back with some Chiefs? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I, I think that this game can get a lot more competitive than we like to think that it could. Uh, but the game script's just beautiful. It's beautiful in terms of we should see a ton of passing volume, right? And the, he's got nothing to lose. They're literally going to go out there and have fun. He knows that it's likely his last game ever. He's going to have fun, right? And at this level with guys like that, like I, I want the guy that's kind of going to go out there and have some fun in a smaller slate last game. No one's going to play him really 5,200. Like, I can play him with whoever I want. Like I can put Deontay in the lineup easily. I can play Kelsey or Hill if I want to. Uh, I can get any player that I want on the slate, really, if I play the $5,200 Ben. So, yeah, I, I think it's very possible he still has two touchdown passes in him in this game. All right. The Don sneaky pick, the last one of the weekend, will be Miko Hardman with the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Hardman had a big role last week because Tyreek Hill was dealing with that injury but he played 83% of the snaps, eight receptions, over 100 yards. We're not expecting that again, but he's pretty cheap on the slate. 4,100 here in this spot against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's wrap up with our wildcard weekend cheat sheet, our favorite value chalk contrarian plays, plus our favorite stack. And we'll combine all the games. Obviously, our previous podcast we talked about Saturday. This podcast, we previewed the entire Sunday slate. So, Mike, who are your favorite plays for the weekend? So my value play is going to be Byron Pringle. While I love what Michael Hardman did, and I am slightly worried that he will earn a few more snaps, I think that we see a lot of what Michael Hardman did, and we look at that box score and, and maybe want to forget about Byron Pringle, not realizing what he did is he stepped into the Tyreek Hill role um, more than anything. So I'm going to go back to Byron Pringle. I think Tyreek's going to be out there, be healthy. I think that helps Having Tyreek on the field absolutely helps Byron Pringle. Just the attention that he draws absolutely helps him. So I like Byron Pringle as my value play. The chalk, I'm not getting cute. It's on the Saturday slate, but it's Joe Mixon. Uh, I expect heavy involvement for him no matter the game script. Game script where they're ahead, he's going to pound the rock. Game script where they're behind, they're going to be throwing. He's going to be involved. Not going to overthink that one. Uh, for my contrarian play, I'm listing one, I guess two, but my, my real contrarian play is Rob Gronkowski. No one's going to play Gronk relatively just because there, there's so many options at tight end first game. Um, the price point is pretty prohibitive based on where everything else is. So give me Gronk. I love the volume, uh, but you could also play Travis Kelsey there. And then my favorite stack, Derek Carr to Darren Waller. Um, $5,800 quarterback to $5,700 tight end. Uh, I think people might jump off of Waller just a touch after the performance that they just saw in his first game back. Uh, not remotely worried about it. I think it's a great spot for him here against Cincinnati. And yeah, give me car to Waller. Absolutely love that that Darren Waller call out as well. The Bengals have struggled recently against tight ends as well. For me, the value play, I like Cedric Wilson. He's 4,300. 
biggest total of the weekend, that Cowboys and 49ers game. Not expecting anything close to what he did last week, but he's going to be on the field, obviously playing in that wide receiver three role now that Michael Gallup is out for the season. Chalk play for me also coming on Saturday. Josh Jacobs, 6,600, has 26 or more carries in two of the last three games. And again, that's the highest total game on that slate. So looking to target that Raiders and Bengals game. Contrarian play. Devontae Smith, I think the Eagles will be playing from behind. Don't love that it's going to be raining in this spot, but I think the targets are concentrated between Smith and Dallas Goddard heavily in this spot. And uh, we've seen some spike games from Devontae Smith this season. He's pretty cheap at only 5,400. The stack for me, I'm with you, Mike. I like Gronkowski quite a bit, so I'm going Brady to Gronk. I really like the matchup for Gronk, his usage recently. The targets have been there. It sets up quite well for him, and obviously a pretty big implied team total for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So give me Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. We're going to wrap there. For Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today DFS. We'll be back again next Thursday to preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.